FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 88 of the podcast that goes snicked. Flashback! Flat, yeah, that's right, it's a flashback episode, and you know what that means. That means I'm your host, Jason, patriotic space kitten Venable, and I'm joined once again by flashback host, Cameron Uranus Flyby Sinclair. There you go. Yep. So we're going to look this time at Wolverine Year 8, Part 1, in our flashback episode. That means we're going to cover Uncanny X-Men 154 through 158, right? Is that what I said? 157. No, 158. Oh, well, I didn't read 158. So. Oh, man, that's the best one. I mean, I'm pretty sure that you <laughs> that you texted me 154 to 157, but you, I could be wrong. I'll read it in one of these breaks real quick, so we'll okay. get caught up. All right. Well, so I will edit all this intro out. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I won't, and I'll just say I will. I'm going to read it. We'll take a break in a minute, and I'll read it. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's get to some comics, shall we? Let's do it. All right, here we go. First up, we have Uncanny X-Men 154. This is Reunion, written by Chris Claremont. Art by Dave Cockrum, Bob Wyacek, and Joseph Rubenstein. Letters are by Joe Rosen. Colors by D. Warfield, or Dwarffield. And on the cover is Dave Cockrum, or not on the cover. The cover is by Dave Cockrum. And on it, we have Scott and his dad and Storm fighting some space shadow ghost spider things? Space ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. So what do you think of this cover? Um, I... Except for the purple squiggly lines, I kind of like the middle of the cover, of them bunched together, all kind of fighting outward. Right, yeah, it's a cool layout. But everything around it, it's not clear what it is, and it's... Odd. The, the colors don't match, so it looks like something that was just added in later. I know what, see what, have, what I think it is, what you're seeing, and I don't think they inked the aliens. Oh, maybe so. So the colors are just against the pencils kind of and the other colors, so there's no outline to them. Which I think is kind of a cool look. I think Corsair, as usual, looks stupid. Yeah. But I think it's an okay cover. That was it also kind of, kind of makes it look like he's shooting in the ground. Well, he has stupid... Pirate guns. Yeah, space pirate guns. Yes. Alright, so the cover's okay. Is that our general consensus? Yeah. Alright. Remember that one time when we said we were going to start rating the covers? And oh, with sound effects! And then immediately forgot. Shit, I forgot all about that. <laughs> Alright, well this this cover is a... Uh... <laughs> Let's don't do this. <laughs> this is terrible. It only works when the cover's really awesome or really stupid. I needed to be a video so I could make like a crazy Kristen Wiig face. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what this cover is. This cover is a... And a... <laughs> if I had suspenders, I'd pull them out right now. Yes, because that's great for podcasting. That's great for podcasting. <laughs> People love slapstick humor yes. on podcasting. <laughs> All right, Whoa, so... Oh, I just slipped and fell. <laughs> 
We need the, the sound of, of mops and buckets in a custodial closet. <laughs> there you go. All right. Anyway, so in this issue, Cyclops and Storm are staying at what's left of the mansion playing training games. The X-Men have relocated to Magneto's Island base in the Bermuda Triangle because the U.S. is growing increasingly hostile to mutants. Wolverine reconnects with Carol Danvers. Storm and Cyclops start to to discuss the X-Men leadership over dinner, but Corsair crashes in a spaceship outside. They, of course, rescue him, and after a flashback, Scott finds a locket with his family pictures in it, and he finds out that Corsair is his dad. They're attacked by the Sindri, which are bounty hunters, and Storm stalls while Scott and his dad escape to the Blackbird and then escape in the Blackbird. The Sindri form a giant flying stingray and pursue. Storm catches them slash it in an electric cyclone? Question mark, and Cyclops hits it with an optic blast through a modified windshield in the Blackbird. Okay. And against Cyclops and Storm's wishes, Corsair kills, or Corsair kills the Sentry in a giant explosion at a petroleum plant, taking alien life and risking human lives and doing extensive environmental harm. <laughs> Corsair explains that terrorists killed the Shi'ar Council and kidnapped Lilandra, and the trail of the killers leads to Earth. And the Shi'ar are hot on that trail. Hot on the trail. That's right. All right. So, in page one, we have an X-handball. Yeah, with a big close-up of Cyclops' butt. Oh, yeah. I really like the old-school scoreboard in the danger room. Yeah, that was pretty funny. One thing I thought weird about this scene, and I I may be speaking out of something that I just don't remember and should know, but you notice Storm shoots wind out of her hands in this game. She doesn't normally do that, right? <laughs> no. Usually lightning bolt, and she, she kind of uses when makes Right, she creates motions. the, the yeah. climate, that right. the wind gusts and stuff, but she, this... This has her shoot it out of her hands as if she has an air cannon on her I hand. didn't even notice that, but you're right. I don't like that. That's weird. Yeah. I like a Cockrum's sweaty storm. It yeah. seems to be doing a lot like got, of lately. They look like they have smallpox. Yeah, they the do. it's drawn. They don't look like... It look bad like acne beads. scars. Right. Yeah. They talk about something... Oh, no, I lost it. <laughs> this is Wolverine's idea of games, but... Well, it's his idea for them to just play games instead of... Oh, right, 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 right. So reference to him and Nightcrawler doing, like, their tag in the woods and stuff. Okay, all right. Buy each other beer. So Cyclops tells Storm, let's hit the showers. Yeah. I'm assuming he means a co-ed shower. Of course, clearly, there's only one giant shower. Right. Shower in. So I'm assuming he did that then because sweaty Storm turned Cyclops on. Yeah. Like, ooh, she's all sweaty. Hey, Storm, let's uh, hit the showers. <laughs> so our government satellite is on a Uranus flyby. <laughs> oh, yeah. The government's always checking out Uranus. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, um, brother. Yeah. 
No right to privacy in this country, that's right? That's right. Is that what that's they right. say? This is the beginning of the NSA yeah. spying right Yeah, they, that's the word I was trying to think of, NSA. Yeah. All right. All right, so Colossus uh, has his boxes upside down. Yeah. Get it? Because uh, communists can't read? Oh, good one. Or because they're backwards. Oh, right, right. Their philosophy is upside down. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I love how Ileana looks like a Sunday morning kid comic yeah, she does. She looks like she should have a lollipop. Um, I like the Professor X because he. I, I, want to, I want to ask the question, is where's Curious George? Oh, yeah. He's the man with the yellow hat. He's he does. Big brimmed yellow hat. <laughs> Well, Nightcrawler has a tail. I guess he can be curious George. Nightcrawler short. can be curious George. Yep. All right. All right. So I like we find out that uh, Wolverine has a past with Carol Danvers. Yeah. Back when she was in the military and he was in the Canadian Secret Service. So that's cool. Um, Interesting. At least crazy shots of her with her hair blowing everywhere. Yeah, really man. It's windy up. in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. That's why everybody disappears. I guess so. All right. So are we officially cigar yet or are we still in between? I think this is still a little in between. Okay. It's long. The length is getting there, but it's still kind it's of It's still kind of thick. But yeah. look, though, when he's holding it down in his hand. Yeah. That looks pretty cigar-y. But yeah. when it's in his mouth, it looks more... It's a little more cigarillo kind yeah. of thing, where it's somewhere between a cigarette and a cigar. Right. Well, we're getting there. Yep. All right, so then Wolverine yells at Kitty for cock-blocking him. <laughs> totally. She comes in and interrupts her conversation. All right, so Cyclops definitely has emotional issues. He talks about feeling numb when he meets his dad. Just like he felt numb when Gene died. Yeah. He always feels nothing in times of great emotional response. Yeah. Maybe he's just a sociopath. He needs a shrink bad. (laughs) (laughs) I I skipped over a lot of the Corsair stuff. Did you want to talk about that? Uh, No. I didn't think the scene where... Or the panel where Storm flies into the window is pretty hilarious, but what? When they're sitting down to dinner, did she come in? Through the, oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> when she come, <laughs> I can't use doors. I can fly. Damn it! <laughs> I have the mail. <laughs> yeah, no, we skip on the Corsair now. So we have the flashback. Oh, you did. We did that right. So flashback basically tells us what's happening. Yeah, yeah, so we get what's going on in the intergalactic politics. But, uh, Corsair talks about Storm. He says, one woman against the Sidri? A woman? So we have misogynist Corsair, like father, like son. There you go. Yeah. He's older. Yeah, but Scott didn't fall too... Scott's apple didn't fall too far from the tree. Okay. Because he's been talking about women not being able to do things a lot lately, too. There you go. So, Kitty decorated the plane to look like Lockheed, Kitty's dragon, from her little fairy tale story. So cute. Um, But Cockrum's blackbird changes size every time he draws it. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, he's really kind of terrible about that. Okay, so the windshield optic blast and the blackbird shooting like Cyclops is uh, equal parts awesome and stupid. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I guess kind of awesome, but it's kind of dumb. Yeah. So I guess Storm got on the plane at some point. Yeah, Because she she's in the board. cockpit. I don't know. I didn't mean to <laughs> put a pause between cock and pit like I'm a dirty old man. Yeah. Or like a cockpit means something else. Exactly. 
It's my temple of doom. <laughs> or no, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> then the snake fence is just a snake of... <laughs> I can't even talk. Just a pit of cocks. There you go. Yep. Oh, it's a Saturday morning cartoon explosion where the, hel- where the helicopter blows up and the passengers just fall out and fall through <laughs> the sky. Yeah. No one dies. No one dies. No one burns, catches on fire. They just fall with the shrapnel. So what do you think about this monster? This alien? I think it's okay. I think it's weird that it's a bounty hunter. It almost should have been more of a just the Shi'ar sent it. It seems yeah. like they couldn't collect their pay very well because they can't really talk or anything. Well, it's... I don't... I don't it's kind of cool looking. I like the design. I like the... the, the, the what are they called? Manta rays. Yeah. With the little insect legs. It looks kind of cool when it forms a big one. Yeah, I like... I think it looks cool. I think the idea that they all merge together to form a big one is kind of weird. I almost wish it was a ship or a monster just like that. And not both? And not both. Okay. But, I don't know, but it, it is pretty cool still. So. Yeah, that was alright. So, Lightning Cyclone beats Sharknado any day. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> uh, there is a thing in the letters page where they talk about people have been sending in ideas for Kenny's costume. <laughs> and they're going to start printing some of those ideas. Which will probably be awful. Yeah. Because if Cockrum's designs for her costume are awful, what's Joe Schmo on the street going to draw? That's a good question. Yeah. All right, so the art I thought was pretty okay this issue. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I thought the story was actually pretty good overall in this one. Not bad. A little cheesy. Um, yeah. I mean, we find but out. Not too much so. Yeah, we find out about Cyclops and his dad. And we have the X Men at their new base. Storm and Cyclops kind of talk about it. Who's going to be the leader? Which I guess we should point out. I mentioned it. Cyclops does kind of defer and say, no, I think you should stay. The Storm should yeah, stay leader. That's true. So that's kind that of part is good. I personally found the reveal of Cyclops' dad to be kind of a letdown. When the reader already knew it. Right, right. But I mean, right. the, the way that they, the way that it's introduced to Scott, I felt like it's kind of a letdown. Because it's, I don't know, It's like it seems like it should have been, there should have been a bigger moment Instead of him finding the locket, it's like, hey, why do you have this locket? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm your dad. Yeah, I mean, you and can't have a big moment there. when Cyclops is emotionally bankrupt. <laughs> it's true. Cyclops is emotionally dead. So, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just expected there to be more to that. Yeah, And right maybe on. part of it is be- because of the way they have Cyclops handle it, it feels so truncated. But Yeah, it does, definitely. It's, a, it's kind of a weird moment to reveal that. No build-up to it, which right. I guess they've been building up to it. In the big scheme of things, for a while, but yeah. I don't know. But overall, yeah, it's it's a decent, a decent episode, okay. a decent issue. All right. So, what are you going to rate on Kenny X Men One Fifty Four? I think I'll give it a, I'll give it a four, four okay. claws. I will also give it four out of six claws. All right. So, One Fifty Five. We have Chris Claremont, writer, Dave Cockrum, and Bob. What did we say? Wyatt Wyatt as the artist. Joe Rosen as the letterer, Glenn Wine as the colorist. And this is First Blood. First Blood, not, not Rainbow. The, yeah. <laughs> I still your uh, joke. We made the same Rainbow joke. Same Rainbow joke. So in this case, all right, so let's go to the cover first. Yep. We have a... By Dave Cockrum. Dave Cockrum. And Bob Wyatt. And all they did together. Yep. I'm assuming Wyatt inked it. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. 
Um, we got a, them standing here. We got X. We got uh, Wolverine, Cyclops, Corsair, Tigress. Is that her name? Tigra. Tigra. I don't Tigress. Uh, Storm covering her face like she's crying. Yep. Cyclops is holding a bloody Colossus and not in his steel form. Nope. And they are. Is that blood or is that Texas tea? <laughs> Black gold. Um, I guess it's supposed to be blood. And they're sitting well, from on his chest came a bubbling crude. <laughs> Do Beverly Hillbillies podcast? <laughs> yeah, they're in a pile of steel pile of beams, steel beams, rubble, are all bent apart. Yeah, it's just strange. I like um, the way Wolverine looks. I don't like much else about this cover. Yeah, I agree with that. Colossus is strange looking. He doesn't look like he's weighing. He's floating above the he rubble. He does look like he's floating. It looks like he's about to say something. Corsair, no, I don't. Looks like a mannequin. Looks <laughs> like he's like, what's happening here? Right. And everybody's squinting. Yeah, it's it's, it's, an, it's an okay cover. Just just okay. Yep. All right. So what happens in First Blood? All right. So we pick up with uh, Cyclops, Storm, and Corsair flying in the Blackbird. They are flying. Scott and his dad are arguing about whether or not they should have abandoned Scott and what happened to Scott's mom and, and Alex. And Alex. Yeah. And uh, gets real cats in the cradle there for a little bit. But then the ship. Cats in the cradle with the silver spoon. The little boy ruined the man in the moon. I'm out of here. What? What? How was this after that? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, oh gosh. Remember when. Uh, was it Ugly Kid Joe that did the reversion of that in the 90s? That's the only version I know. Oh, is it an old song? Probably. I, I think I, it's like is a. Is it old or just old sounding? I can't no, remember. I think it's like a. Oh, Miss Gordon Lightfoot. Er. Like Joe Cocker song or something like one of those guys back then, I think. All right, so so the Blackbird, they're arguing. Then suddenly the Blackbird starts flowing, glowing, and then now they're on a Shi'ar star. It's got ship. some Kirby crackle around it. It does. And then it pops up in the Shi'ar ship, and along with it, so does a bunch of other random X-Men all appear at the same time, right? Including Colossus, Professor Xavier, still looking for Curious George, presumably, <laughs> Kitty in a bikini. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hey, she's like 14. Yeah, she's like 14. Take it easy. Yeah. Take it easy. And then we get the uh, Nightcrawler and Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine with a what the flaming? Yeah. So they're there. Professor X demands an explanation, which is pretty funny. (laughs) I am the lover of the princess. (laughs) He is really uh, pushing the bounds of what it means to be the princess's lover. Yes. Or the queen, I guess. Consort. Consort. Yeah. So basically the chancellor informs them that they're looking for intergalactic terrorists intergalactic terrorists who yeah. kidnapped the uh, the queen empress the empress, empress. Right. no Lager. same thing yeah the chancellor says the x-men's tagline which i thought was really funny what is that where he says what does he say he says had you scanned the briefing tapes i provided admiral you would know these x-men are a band of mutants Human born with enhanced physical and or <laughs> mental abilities, gathered together by their teacher, Professor Charles Xavier. Though feared and hated by many of their fellow Terrans, <laughs> they are a force of justice on their world. <laughs> yeah, that means having it an intro page, right? Just does the tagline of the X-Men, which yeah. I thought was pretty, pretty funny. Anyway, so <laughs> Professor X continues to demand this explanation. Finds out that the Empress has been kidnapped and informs them... Or they inform him that they're basically about to blow Earth up. Right. Because they think the terrorists are there. Yeah. 
Professor X orders them as the Empress's consort. <laughs> he orders them not to fire on Earth and sends his X-Men to basically go and figure this out. Right. Now, here's where it gets crazy. He touches Kitty and gives her all this information. He gives her all the information about the Shi'ar into her brain, bikini-clad Kitty, that yeah. is. Right. So now she knows all about the Shi'ar, and they basically divide and conquer is yep. the plan. But for some reason, that includes the next panel, Wolverine sitting in a Lazy Boy, <laughs> Colossus hanging out with no sleeves, <laughs> and uh, Tigra, who I don't know where she came from. Well, they're in Avengers Mansion. In this scenario. They went to get the Avengers help, but she was the only one there. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I forgot that's where they were. Because their match is all tore up. That's right. There's all tore up to the floor up. So for some reason, Tigra's there, I assume, because no one wants her on their team, so she's just there. (laughs) And then we start to get some fighting between her and Wolverine. It gets a little interesting. Uh, And then we flash, not forward, but distance. And we have Kitty back in her bikini on a spaceship. Right. So on this spaceship, she finds some machine that allows her to change her clothes. Right. Because she Like the Jetsons. Like the Jetsons. So she starts experimenting with all these great clothing changes, the best of which are Empress Lalandra's clothes. The best, though, is Darth Vader. No, I think the in poor taste Phoenix outfit. (laughs) Uh, Too soon. Yeah, too soon. Too soon for the Phoenix outfit. Yeah. But yeah, the the, uh, Darth Vader one was my favorite. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, so then she spends the rest of like... This whole run of comics changing her outfit constantly. Yeah, I guess that's her theme. I guess that's her theme. She doesn't have a set. A set. Um, she doesn't like uniform. her uniform, so she just let's just do costume after costume. So she's just gonna try everybody else's costume. So cut to Storm is taking Corsair on a tour of New York. They're walking through downtown, checking out the sights. Yeah, and the saxophone playing in the background. It's gotta be saxophone playing in the background. Not sexy saxophone. No, no, no. Like. Like city. Late 70s city saxophone. Yeah, city yeah. in the night. Right. Like a cop show saxophone. Yeah. Suddenly they're attacked by Deathbird. Yeah, and the brood. And the brood. Now the X-Men all show up. We have this big throwdown. Tigra's there too. She's hanging out with them. And basically it ends up with a whole lot of destruction in the city. Yeah. At one point, Storm and Corsair turn on each other because they've been confused. Right. So kind of I forgot exactly how that works, but they get magically confused. How does she describe that? She hit them with something? Yeah, I think so. I think there was a description, but I can't remember now why why they do that. But they turn on each other, they turn on Scott. Professor X basically stops everybody. He fixes their mind. Yeah, cuz they think they they it was like um was it Proteus that made them think they were other people yeah, or Saron. So. Or both, maybe. I think maybe both. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Saron made Wolverine, or Cyclops saw Wolverine as a bad guy. Yeah, that's right. It, uh, Proteus yeah, the guy that made them all confused yeah. about who everything was. Anyway, it's all in your mind. They're playing Hank Games! <laughs> <laughs> so, lots of more fighting. At some point yeah, in this, uh, Colossus gets shot in the stomach with something that melts his... It's an acid gun. It's an acid gun that yep. melts through his organic steel. Straight from the Joker's magic shot. That's right. Uh, which then eventually he gets stabbed in the chest. Yeah, someone stabs him in his open sore. That's right. 
But not before Deathbird takes Professor X. Right. And with the brood, and they fly away. In a building that was built, or in a spaceship that was built inside a <laughs> yeah. tower. A New York City tower. Yeah. And then the building collapses, and the spaceship flies off. In spite of uh, Corsair's best efforts with his pirate guns. Right. And Wolverine's got a gun, too. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Wolverine's firing some little blaster ray. I feel like he should have just pulled his claws out and jumped on top of the ship. You would think he might do something like that. Not that I have a problem with Wolverine with a gun. I didn't mean right. it that way. But then it's like it seems like he should be doing something more than just shooting. But yeah, I don't know. So um, Colossus is oh, dead. Oh, and the police and the show up at the last minute and try yeah. to arrest everybody. All right. So I'm going to say I, I actually agree with Cyclops. <laughs> That as a father, and especially since he doesn't have his wife to worry about anymore, his only priority should be finding and getting back to his children. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's no crisis too big that you stay in space unless you literally feel like what you're doing is saving the whole universe. Right. Your kids well, come Well, yeah, first. if you're making the universe safe for your kids, right. that's different. The Corsair is not doing that. No, he's just... For the most part. He's just out being a space pirate. Space <laughs> pirate. Space pirates. And looking remarkably so like Charles Bronson. Oh, uh, yeah. He is totally modeled on Charles Bronson. Yeah. So, when they go to the Shi'ar spaceship, Professor X tells everyone not to attack unless they're provoked. And Wolverine says what he says every time he gets an erection. He says, right now, Charlie, I'm feeling real provoked. <laughs> Yeah, and then he goes and sits on a lazy boy. <laughs> um, it's a very casual thing, but Nightcrawler says, Lord grant we meet again. So a very subtle reference to possible religious Nightcrawler, True. which right. we're, we're still, still kind of flirting with that, but not really getting it head on. So Cockrum's Tigra, especially in the face, looks pretty stupid, but I'll admit I wouldn't have minded the Tigra Wolverine Fist fight. Yeah. That, can, that can be a cool fight. Yeah, it could be. Kitty's face, in this, throughout this whole comic... Oh, don't get me started on Cockrum's kitty face. Kitty's faces are so Horrible. different. Yeah, they're it's different not, people. Not even just that they're bad. They just Sometimes she's an old same. lady. Yeah. Sometimes she's Cruella DeVille. Yeah. Sometimes she's a kid. Like it made, how, makes no sense. It's weird how uh, inconsistent he is with her face. Cockrum's treatment of Kitty's facial features is one of my least favorite things about his art ever. Yeah. So Professor X gets really uptight about his name. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, Wolverine, I really do hate that name when Wolverine calls him Charlie. If you must be familiar, please call me Charles or better yet, Professor. <laughs> yeah. I thought the the bringing back the rapport thing that Professor X had a rapport with Lalandra. I thought that was kind of weird. But he can't get through space. <laughs> is that what he says? Uh, yeah, it's limited somehow. But it, I don't know. I didn't like the rapport idea between Scott and Jean anyway. But I thought this, right. the idea that they have a rapport yet they're light years away from each other just didn't seem it didn't seem right. Yeah. Or it seemed silly to me. Yep. But Charles's relationship with Lalandra to me always is kind of weird. Like the way they constructed it in the comics, it's just kind of a weird thing. For yeah, some it kind of is. And I can't quite put my finger on what's so weird about it. Because you don't believe in love at first telepathic sight. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. 
It's just, it's always been a strange, it's always been a not convincing. Right. So Kitty, after she gets weirdly touched by Professor X, <laughs> before she finds the costume machine, her bikini turns from yellow to black. Yes, it does change colors. Um, it was a mood bikini. A mood bikini, okay. <laughs> so don't you her wish Cochran... Hyper color. <laughs> hyper color shirts. Yes. Yeah, there you go. So don't you wish Cockrum drew the Star Wars comic based on this Darth Vader rendition? Don't you? <laughs> don't you? I do not. No. <laughs> Me neither. I do not. Yep. All right. So then we get a really weird kitty face where she looks like an alien. So Storm's giving Corsair this tour of New York. Yeah. He's Cyclops' dad. Cyclops is grown up, maybe upper 20s, low 30s now. Yeah. So his dad disappeared when he was eight or nine. Dad's been gone 20 years, tops maybe? Yeah. I'm not sure if by 1982 that New York from 1960, it wasn't an old west town in 1960. Right. Corsair's like, look at all these buildings. Oh my gosh, yeah. it was nothing like this when I was last year. He is a little too impressed. Yeah. With the city. Like, granted, there's newer buildings. Yeah. But, but New York was already met metropolitan by the 60s. Yeah. Very much so. I don't know. I thought that part was really dumb. Yeah. Well, and it, it's not like... It's not like he's, oh, this is, a, this is a new part of town. It's like he's right. never seen buildings before. Right. <laughs> like it used to just be a big field, and now there's a big city here. Right. No, it would be one thing if they said, because they disappeared from Alaska, right? Right, yeah. I'm so. just making up saying, I've never been to a big city. This is really impressive. Yeah, that's not a good point. The last time I was in New York, it was a farmland. <laughs> he says none of these buildings existed. Right. The yeah. entire face of the city. <laughs> Now, maybe when he visited, he was two. Okay, all right. So maybe... So that gives us an extra 20 years. But even then, you're looking at 1940s, where New York is still right. a large city. So Yeah. You got to go way back to get puny New York. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, um, this is the first appearance of the Brood. Oh, is it? In yeah. any comics? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a Cochrane Claremont uh, creation. And, you know, we've... Kind of complained about Cochran's art. I actually like the way he draws the brood. Yeah, he does a pretty good job with them. They're not my favorite characters, but but I do yeah. like, I like the way he does it. Yep. So this is not the first Death Bird. She first appeared in Miss Marvel number nine, and then also had a little story arc in Avengers. Oh, I, she wasn't in the previous. She our stuff. No. Oh. Nope. I could have sworn I remembered her being in something. Maybe I'm yep. thinking of something later. Purdy birdie. I like this. This panel, although it looks like she a, looks a like, Batman panel, but you think so? I think she looks like the uh, the magic wizard lady in uh, He Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With that's, the rainbow wings exactly and stuff. Yeah, of. yeah. I didn't mean she looked like a Batman. I meant this looks like a Batman picture. Oh, okay. With the moon with the wings spread like that. Oh, yeah, that is a cool panel. I like yeah, that. that's a cool panel. It yeah, looks she like, totally looks like that He-Man character. It looks like Owlman, which is funny because that's like Earth 2 version of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I wrote Professor X can't do that, can he? But I don't remember what I wrote it about. Maybe it was when he gave all that information to what's her name? No, it's... Or that he ordered them not to shoot the Earth. No. Because um, I don't think he could do that either. Let's see. Is it when he hits an energy blast and it's, straightens their mind out? 
Oh, no, he mentally cancels an energy beam. <laughs> like, there's... Where is it? Yeah, it says, An energy beam was used to warp Storm and Corsair's perceptions. Now, he doesn't go into their mind and fix their perceptions. Right. Which would make sense. No, what he does is, I've isolated its component elements, and I can use my own mental abilities to counteract it. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Claremont overthinking it. He should have just said, hey, you know what? I went in their mind and turned off the bullshit. Yeah. No. Yeah, I agree. That's a, an, it's like an unnecessarily complicated. Yeah. Which Claremont sometimes likes unnecessarily complicated. Oh, he does. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely so. so. All right. So Wolverine's pretty badass here. Um, yeah. He uses his senses to hunt down the brood. You know those guys got to stink. Oh, yeah. But still, Wolverine's the one, he's the X-Men that finds them. Yeah. We get a nice snick, our second snick of the book. Our first was with a Tigra. And this is a brood of prime. So it's supposedly a pretty tough brood. Yeah, um, pretty tough brood. Pretty tough example from a, a, a specimen from a pretty tough species, if we're to believe what they tell us. Yeah. And Wolverine, it says, takes them out pretty easily. So I thought that was pretty cool. Makes yeah. Wolverine look badass. That's, cool. That's a good. He does it fast and easy. Oh, says Deathbird is tough as Wolverine. Not a big fan of that line. No. But I do like that he's the standard. Yeah. Like they want That's someone true. to be tough. They gotta be tough as Wolverine. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So. That's a good point on that. All right. So I kind of like building a ship in a building that's being built. But that takes a whole lot of foresight. This does take a lot of thought. I like within that same panel zone the little A team scene between Cyclops and and uh, his dad, where they right. clasp hands and say, "Let's rescue the princess." Yeah, let's do it. And they're over the top moment. They look like they're about to arm wrestle. <laughs> with the way the shaking face. lines are. Yeah. So then Wolverine uses a gun, like you said. If you need a ship to get off the Earth, and they didn't know the X Men were going to be here, why did they even come to Earth? Is it just so the Shi'ar would chase them here? And they feel like, oh, we're running out of time. Shi'ar's about to blow this shit up. Let's get out of here. Is that why they built a ship? That's a good point. And why they came to Earth in the first place so they could be followed and frame the Earthlings? I guess. And I don't think I don't think later on we get any kind of resolution to this. But that yeah, we're left to guess. Like there's yeah. any reason why they come to Earth? And because the X-Men are here, it seems like this would not be the place they'd want to go to. Right. They'd want to find a uh, planet that's uninhabited or inhabited by a bunch of weirdos or something. Right. right? But they go here where the X-Men are. Yeah. And they build know. a ship in an extremely high-populated area. Well, Deathbird is Willandra's sister, so she probably knew about Professor X. Sure. So maybe she wanted him off of the playing board. And that's why maybe she so. wanted her maybe there's a point there because she does kidnap Professor X, so maybe yes. that's that's part of the plan. Was that or was that just a getaway? I couldn't I don't really know. tell. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I don't I don't know if that is. Maybe that was part of the plan, and that's why they do this. But I mean, it kind of feels more like a spur of the moment decision. But right. So space guns look like penises. Yep. Yes. So throw that out there. Yep. All right. Anything else? Um, the cops crack me up because yeah. they all have motorcycle helmets on. They do? And one of those cops oh, has... The it cops. must be the SWAT. That must be like riot gear. Yeah, but look at the guns they have. But no, they don't have any kind of armor or anything. Well, he has a... 
One guy's got a illegal sawed-off shotgun. One guy's got a double-barreled sawed-off shotgun like yeah. he's in an Old West movie. Right. And we have a guy with a submachine gun. Yeah. It's a pretty funny little collection. They all have these little chips helmets on. Right. But then they don't have any <laughs> gear. Yeah, so it's not I don't like know. A, yeah, it's not like a riot gear SWAT team type thing. Yeah, I don't know. And they all have sunglasses on. Yes, they do. Which is very classy. All right, so I thought the art, again, was pretty okay. What did you think of the art? Uh, yeah, except for faces. Yeah. Although mainly just Kitty's face. And Tiger's face. And Tiger's face. Yeah. He's decent on all the dude faces. Yeah. And Storm's okay. She's pretty uh, steady. Yeah. Yeah, generic. So what do you think of the story? I like the Imperial Intrigue and Alliances. Yeah. I like blaming the Earth, even though I, even though I don't completely understand why. Yeah. Uh, the fights were good. Colossus being dead is a good cliffhanger. Though they should have said something about... Because later with Colossus, or other, even Iceman and guys, they'll say stuff like, when they get hurt in their form, they can't change back until that is fixed or whatever. Huh. And that would have been cool to bring up, like, oh, Colossus, the, the acid's eating him. If he turns human, the acid will kill him. Right. Whereas instead, you get the feeling that, like, this spike went through his hole, and then he depowered because he died. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I... Like, instead of pooping your pants when you die, he just turns back human. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I thought the story was pretty decent. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. It's not, not bad for a Shi'ar Space Jammer story. Yeah, definitely Or Star not. Jammer, I, I mean. No. Yeah, I, I overall, it's just good. Right. So when are you going to grade Uncanny X-Men 155? Um, I'm going to... Stick with a four. I also stick with a four out of six claws. Yeah. Okay, so next up we have Uncanny X-Men 156 Pursuit. This is uh, a production by Claremont, Cochran, Wyacek, Chang, and Warfield. You figure it out. <laughs> the cover is by Cochran and Wyacek again. It's okay. Star Jammers look kind of dumb. I don't like the look of any of these people, so it's hard for me to... Right. Because I just don't like the little frog guy, the big frog guy. Uh, Chahad? Chahad. So yeah. I, to me, he's never going to look cool. So to me, the cover can't look cool because I dislike those guys. Yeah. But even with that, I think it's not very good. Because Cyclops' no. neck is weirdly stretched out. Yeah, he does that sometimes. Storm looks like she's about to scratch something. Like she's got claws. So the X-Men and a wounded Colossus are teleported onto the Star Jammer. Corsair's band or the ship for his band of space pirates also called the Star Jammers. That's right. I'll um, throw one more thing in here that I feel like it was kind of a... Are we talking about the cover mis- again? Uh, well, misleading is not quite the right word but the fact that the first panel of this book is the cover from the last book I think is kind of weird. Oh yeah. Because this is, I mean not exactly but this is basically That's the pretty cover. close, yeah. So it's just kind of funny to me that it's like the cover from the other one but it was just the very end of the story and then it's actually the next comic right but you know yep so they're teleported onto the star jammer where colossus is put on alien life support and the star jammer pursues deathbird's rocket professor x awakes as a prisoner with lalandra deathbird is her older sister who was banished for her quote-unquote unforgivable crime but she's trying to take control of the shiar meanwhile back on the star jammer 
Corsell tells Cyclops the origin and death of his mom. That origin is that they were captured from the plane by a Shi'ar, I guess, zoological ship. <laughs> it was out collecting specimens. They're taken back, made slaves. Emperor Deken, is that the right guy or am I getting that mixed up? I think it's right. Yeah. Sees that Corsair loves his wife. Yeah. And decides to punish him by stabbing her in the chest. Then Corsair escapes intergalactic slavery and forms the Starjammers. Which, there'll be more... That origin will be embellished later of how he gets his gangly misfit crew together. Yeah. But I don't really care. So Starjammer is swallowed by a giant space fish. Colossus is healed... X-Men and the Starjammers fight the brood and rescue Professor X and Lilandra. Storm duels Deathbird but is sucked into space. She is rescued by the Starjammers who confirm the fish ship is alive but controlled by the brood. The Starjammer ship needs repairs and will take too long to stop the Shi'ar by the time they reach the Earth to know that Lilandra is alive and well. And the Earth will already be destroyed because they don't have cell service in space. There you go. But do they have satellite phones? Not yet. Yeah, they should. So, Tigra quits the Avengers. Yeah. When the last issue, we were told she was the newest Avenger. Yeah. Does she quit the Avengers? Because she's telling the cops how she's an Avenger. And the cops are I like, thought so, so doesn't she? <laughs> I think it's really funny. Which I liked in an X-Men book. That right. she says, yes. I'm with the Avengers. And the cops like, so what? Who cares? Oh, oh, there's an asterisk. Alright, so she says, I'm Tiger, one of the Avengers. This story takes place before Avengers 216 oh, I see when that. Tiger quits. <laughs> okay. So she was not an Avenger very long. Which I'm sure Avengers fans were happy about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So the spaceship refers to Colossus as a boy thing. <laughs> so we have a pedophile robot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how good of taste this is in to make this joke. But, um... <laughs> Cockrum's crippled Professor X legs looks like um, Joe from Family Guy. Yeah, he does. Where his legs are just kind of flopping yeah. around and it's go every week's way. bizarre. Yeah. This whole series of panels where you have Sexy Xavier laying on the bed. Yeah. All stretched out <laughs> like, he's, like he's been waiting to make a move on the Lalandra. But then he's helplessly squirting. It's, it's a weird picture. I guess he's trying to do something with it to make it look like they're unusual, but it makes him look like they're one-dimensional. Like his legs are flat pieces of paper that have been folded. Right. It's a strange yeah. way to draw that. It is, definitely. I like the flashback scene where they show Havoc and, um, and Cyclops' as kids yes. being pushed out of the plane. Yeah, Although, we, I gotta get say... an embellishment on that. The fact that they didn't strap in Cyclops and they just have... Uh, no, they didn't strap in I mean, Alex. vice versa. Yeah. They don't strap in Alex. They just have Cyclops hold him. Seems pretty unreasonable that a nine-year-old is going to be able to hold another child well, they only had one as shoot. he falls through space. Yeah, but couldn't they have somehow tied them both in the chute? Stretched out the belts a little bit? All right. Uh, did you see the kitty costume they showed that was reader submitted? Uh, no, which one, was, which one was that one? It's white and blue. Oh, oh off the side, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's okay. It looks a little... Uh, she looks like somebody else. Another character that maybe is a future character that I'm thinking of. But. She looks like a cross between Princess Leia and the girl from Buck Rogers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this fish ship, man, this is crazy. 
Yeah, it's very out there, very Jack Kirby esque. I can't, I can't decide if I like it or not. Like I, I can't decide of, if I love it or hate it. Yeah, I kind of like it just because it's kind of interesting. Yeah, but the idea that the, it's alive, I think it's kind of cool. People live inside of it. I don't know. I'm not sure about. Yeah, that, it's kind of Jonah and the whale. Well, yeah, um, space Jonah. Yeah. All right. Anything else in this episode? I mean, this I keep saying episode. Yeah, you and Jimmy are supposed to. I watch too much TV. That's yeah. why. Um, I will say the last thing I'll mention is the very last panel looks like a cereal box. Um, them on the monitor? Yeah, them on the monitor. They're all standing there with their arms akimbo and like. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's the end of a Saturday morning cartoon, and there should yes. be some kind of like. And that's why we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you don't kidnap the Empress. <laughs> right, right. So I thought the art was not great. It's okay. Yeah. And it's moments. Good, the fish ship. The big two is it a double page, page spread yeah. of the fish ship. That's a great panel. I can't decide if I like the fish or not, but it's yeah, a great. That is, that is I, a, I like that it's such a big panel. Yeah, it's really cool. Because it really gives you the, the perspective of that this is massive. Right. So story-wise, the overall arc is still okay, but I thought this issue kind of stunk. Yeah, I Really didn't like it that much, to be there's, honest. There's too much in this. Well, they're trying to do build-up, which you need right. to tell us the backstory for uh, Corsair and the backstory for Scott and Alex, and you know, so that's all good. But they've not enough between those backstories. This is just like a collection of backstories, <laughs> where they're like, "Oh, here's a couple. Here's a bunch of scenes that are going to advance this story arc. We're not really going to try to connect them." Right. In, a, in a story. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's not... Oh, and then this scene where Professor Xavier floats to the sky. I was just looking at that. Just looking where at he that? propels himself without yeah, gravity or whatever. I don't think he can do that either. Right. Oh, but is he floating through space? Is that, no, is that what he's they're, doing? They're on the ship. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he... Is that his arms? He just threw himself? Maybe. He that's punches some, the brood. That's but, some arm power right there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. Oh, he says in zero gravity, though. I can maneuver as well as anyone. Like oh, crush- they're all they're all floating. Yeah. And can, in that panel, you can't tell that, but then in the next right. the next page, you can see they're all floating. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Okay. Right, so, what are you going to grade on Kenny X Men One Fifty Six? I'll give this one a three. Okay, I'm going to give it two out of six claws. Yeah. Not my cup of tea. All right, X Men One Fifty Seven. Uh, Chris Claremont, writer. Dave Cockerman, Bob Wyacek. What do we say? Wyacek. Wyacek. Artist. I'm going to ask that every time. Janice Chang for Letterer, and Don Warfield for Colorist. Yep, this is Hide and Seek. Okay, so the cover here, we have a interesting cover in that we have Dark Phoenix right in the middle of the Shi'ar ship. Yeah. Everybody's screaming. She's back. But the Phoenix is dead. Right. And she says she's alive. Surely, Surely yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go. Surely you know that the Phoenix dies only to be reborn again. Yep. And then we'll find out that it's not really Phoenix. Spoiler alert. Dude, right off the bat. <laughs> I blew it. Well, then I'm going to talk about how I thought it was weird that she had such small boobs, but then we realized it's Kitty, and so it makes sense. But everything else about her is Jean Grey, her face and hair and everything. True. So why wouldn't the body also change? I don't know. I'm That's not saying she shouldn't. She should have big boobs. I'm just saying in the past... 
Jeez. Let's just be consistent, guys. Yeah, be consistent. Let's be consistent. We've had that discussion with Cockroom and Jean Grey before. We have. We have already. He can't decide what, what kind of body type she has. That's right. And I don't care what it is. Just do it the same way every care. time. And do the Blackbird the same way Make every time. Make her a giant pair if you want. Just and do, do Kitty Pride's face the same way every time. In fact, Cockroom, just quit being such an asshole. Hey, just this got ugly quickly. No, Cochran just quit being so inconsistent. Yeah, really, that's the big thing with Cochran is he does. He has a lot of great art. It's yeah, he does. So inconsistent. It's, yeah, so much of the time it's inconsistent. So, so I, I, I just want to give a little little thing here. I forgot because this is what you remember the comic shop in Abilene. Yeah, we won't name it. I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast before. I don't even remember the name, but yeah. But um, I do. But um. This is, I'm about to kind of diss it. I won't. <laughs> it was basically like a guy rezoned his house. Yeah, yeah. For commercial use and opened a comic shop like out of the side of his house. Yeah. And it was a great comic shop. And then it he was. had a lot of 80s stuff really cheap. Yeah, I got a bunch of G.I. Joes. There. I got a bunch of G.I. Joes. Andrew got a bunch of amazing and spectacular Spider-Mans. Um, I got some Punisher and X-Men stuff. Awesome. Anyway, um, this was the first X-Men comic I bought at that shop. Wow. And it was even cheaper than the rest. I was like, oh wow, cool, 25 cents. That's right. Yeah, the corner bin. Cheap. So I bought it because I needed it to fill in a hole. Mm-hmm. And I got home and um, most of the time, you know, it's funny. Because I was kind of just getting back into comics at that time. Yeah. So I forgot all the rules. Like, when you buy a back issue, open up the bag, flip through it. Right. Yeah. So I get home, and some goober has littered this thing with red marker. <laughs> like, you can still read it. Oh, yeah. But mostly on everybody's fist, he draws, like, little red dots. And whenever there's, like, a, a ray gun, he, like, outlines the, the powers. But, not to spoil the rating on this issue... I've never bothered to replace it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just we'll go that from there. That tells a lot on it. All right, so why don't you summarize this bad boy Okay, so this one we have Hide and Go Seek. We start off with the X-Men with Star, with uh, Corsair repairing the Star Jammer. Yeah. With little rocket packs and stuff. Um, the best part of all this is the squirrel girl. What's her name? She's a skunk. She's a skunk? I think so. A skunky catty person. She's a Mademoiselle Hepzibah. Well, whatever she is, I like that her suit has a tail. Oh, yeah, a big bushy tail. A big bushy tail. And that they, they felt like they needed to cover that in her spacesuit. It's like they went to all this extra couple to create an extra tail version well, of the spacesuit. You would have a pressure leak if her tail was sticking out. Yeah, I guess so. It just seems funny. Yeah. She can't push it in there. You think she would just angel it and stuff that bad boy in her regular suit? That's right. Just tuck it in. And look completely normal when you do it. <laughs> Can't tell there's giant wings under that sport coat at all. Yep. So, we are repairing. At some point, Colossus collapses. Yeah. I guess he's better. He was healed at the end of last issue, yeah, that's but he right. did too much too fast too much in too joining the fight recovering. and fixing the ship. So, he's there. We have a little uh, Yoda helicopter. Stubborn he is. No, don't do it. <laughs> I, I, one of my comments is that Robot Yoda Fly yeah, I is super Yoda annoying. Fly. Yeah, I wrote Yoda he Fly goes, too. Offer appreciated, Xavier, but size skills yours elsewhere required are. A prize will I keep you all of Boyd's condition. 
It's not only Yoda, it's bad Yoda. Oh, yeah. It's very badly done. And very insecty. Yeah. It's the fly, right? So, that's going on. That's weird. Anyway, cut to we are on the ship and we see the Chancellor has been murdered. And I'm we sorry. find out almost for sure it was the Admiral. Yes. Admiral Lord Sumadar. Admiral, who now we realize has gone rogue. He's working with Deathbird. Rallies now. everyone together. Gets ready to rally everyone together. Yep, to destroy the Earth. Destroy Once the Earth. and for all. So now, meanwhile... To avenge their Empress. The Empress is actually with... The X-Men. The X-Men. And the Starjammers. Back on the Starjammer. And Xavier is trying to... I forgot what he's trying he's to trying do. Trying to reach Earth telepathically. Oh, that's right. He's trying to reach Earth. Or no, I'm sorry. He's trying to reach Kitty and Nightcrawler on the Shi'ar ship. From oh, the, yeah, yeah. From the Starjammer ship. He's trying to reach them, and then something happens, and it blows his mind, and he collapses. Yep. And Lenandra holds him and says, oh. But he's alive. So we go back to the fish ship, where we have, turns out, the brood are deciding to change. Flip sides. They had been allies with Deathbird, and apparently they've changed their mind. Yeah. So they've attacked Deathbird, and she says, why? And Brood says, Brood back winners, broad. <laughs> I wish she said that. Pretty much. Brood backs winners. Because um, they feel like she's going to lose. Well, she did. She, she had to run from Earth. Yeah. It feels like this whole thing is derailed. Right. Anyway, Deathbird's plotting. Brood's given up. So we get... Uh, Flash to Nightcrawler and Kitty. Kitty's on a USO tour yes. at this time, back in the A 40s. USA space tour. USA space tour in a great Admiral outfit. And then she changes into a spacesuit, and she walks around outside. Then a bunch of soldiers broke in, break in. Nightcrawler does a bunch of um, teleporting and beats them all up in a pretty awesome panel. Then they figure out the Chancellor's been killed, and they go to warn everybody. But at that moment, when they discover the Chancellor's been killed, the Admiral is giving the order to begin firing on the Earth. Then so, Nightcrawler does the same thing. Pops up a bunch of times and beats a bunch of people up. And in the midst of this, Jean Grey. Jean Not Grey. Really. Dark Phoenix. But it's, Dark Phoenix. We find out it, of course, Kitty is... Kitty using her costume machine. Kitty using her costume machine. But she shows up on the bridge and tells them all she's Phoenix. And because they're attacking Earth, she's about to kill everybody. Right. And, of course, they freak out. Now, she then meets, uh, meets the um, the Guardians, they're called? Imperial Guard. What's their name? Imperial Guard. They're yeah, Guardian. Guardian is the guy, and Oracle is the girl. Yeah, so they find Guardian and Oracle, and they try to convince them that she is not. Although, I don't know why she didn't just turn back into Kitty. I don't know either. But for some reason, she requires Oracle to reach read her mind to find out that she is, in fact, Kitty. Right. So Oracle then transmits the information to everyone about what's happened, that the... Chancellor's been killed and the Admiral's gone rogue. Right. And then we have these other weirdos who bust through the wall. Warstar and the... Yeah. What's their name? They have a name, don't they? I thought there was a group for them, but... Uh, probably. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Warstar's the main guy. So these guys all bust through and they're basically going to fight the, the Imperial Guard. And Kitty changes into Robin Hood. <laughs> yes. What else happens in this one? Um... They I fight. Something out. I think that's the, that's the last of my notes. I don't think anything exciting happens after that. And Professor X goes in a coma. Oh, and at the last minute... Oh, Landra reveals herself to the Imperial Guard. 
Yeah, Lalandra shows up using a hologram. Before that, though, right as the ship is firing on the Earth, the Star Jammer finally shows up, transports into the middle, and that's where yeah. then... Lalandra tells everybody to let the Imperial Guard go. They're not going to destroy Earth. And they say, okay. And they say, oh, okay. And they all listen to her and arrest the Admiral. And then, yeah, Professor X is in a coma. All right. Okay. So we find out that Wolverine has apertures in the backs of his hands. So we're still fine-tuning his physiology. That's right. No, we've seen them already. Yeah, I was going to say. little metal I guess I just hadn't talked about bumps. them before. So there was just a random Rumi Court space helmet laying around. <laughs> there are all their spacesuits, and Cyclops has a Ruby Quartz helmet. Uh-huh. Did you know that magnetic forces prevent long range, long range telepathy? I did not know that. Well, I did now after this right. conference. <laughs> Magneto somehow is preventing this. Oh, that's also a funny one in that he says, Magneto, you know our arch nemesis. Right, right. Which I feel like a hundred and. 57 comics into X-Men. They don't need to restate <laughs> that he's the arch nemesis. Just because they mentioned Maybe him. the Shi'ar don't know. Maybe, but he's talking to Nightcrawler. So when Kitty phases back into the space station and takes off her mask, she looks like Cruella DeVille. Yeah. Yeah, that's Horrible. a weird, weird shot. Oh, one of the Shi'ar is Captain Kirk. Or Oops. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. He's K apostrophe R-K. Kirk. <laughs> that did catch um, funny. All right, so... These Imperial Guard that are following Dickin, or no, I guess at this point it's Deathbird. Yeah. Dickin was defeated. Yeah. Old story. They're already traitors. Right. Gladiator now knows what the X-Men know and is saying we're going to fight them and some of his guard are already actively fighting him, sending them further down the traitor path. Yes. They're no longer, they now know Lelandra's alive and are choosing to be loyal to Deathbird instead. Right? No, they're... Once yes, they find Gladiator, out she's alive... No, Gladiator and his group fight with the X-Men. But this War Star, those are also part of Gladiator's group. And they're fighting Gladiator. And Gladiator tells them that Lelandra's alive. And the guy says, too late, there's a new order. Right? I guess. I, I'm a little confused. You're saying that they are on Deathbird's side. Right. Even knowing that Lelandra's alive, right? Or am I... I don't think so. I don't think they're ever on Deathbird's side because they're looking for Lelandra, aren't they? Well, Gladiator says, if Admiral so-and-so is a traitor, we have a problem. And Admiral says, there's no may about it, Gladiator. I'm a careful man. That's how the ambitious survive. And then he sends... He says there's going to be a new order... And he sends Warstar and the rest of the Imperial Guard, including Fang, by the way, to attack the Lelandra Loyalist, right? Yeah, but because Gladiator's a Lelandra Loyalist. Yes. Oh. But these guys, who are also Imperial Guard, are traitors, and they know that Lelandra's... I, got, I thought you were saying Gladiator knew no, no, and was... Well, Gladiator does know, but he's a good guy. But yeah, I thought you were saying that he's still fighting. I got it, got it. No, I'm saying doesn't everybody on both sides know at this point? Yes, by this... Okay. Well, I don't know if Warstar knows or not. So you think the Admiral lied to him? Well, I, mean, I guess he doesn't say it outright. That guys lie sometimes. So, I mean, maybe the idea is that... <laughs> that was such, such a dick way to say that. Thank you. No, so I... I, I, think, I know what you mean. Yeah, so it seems to me that he's still 
he's probably still holding the fiction that she's dead and they're seeking retribution. So why would they think the gladiator is fighting them then? But maybe he's telling them because gladiator is... gladiator is a traitor? Well, because gladiator is threatening the admiral. It's not clear why the other Imperial Guards would side with the Admiral over Gladiator when he's their leader. But I guess the idea is maybe they assume that Gladiator's being a traitor. Right. Okay. Well, I was going to say it doesn't make any sense that they're already betraying Lalandra that they would just listen to what she says. But maybe what you're saying is right. And so when they actually see her face... Yeah, because that's they, what I'm thinking, that no one knows she's alive. They don't okay. realize she's alive yet. All right. Okay. Well, it's nice to see that Fang got his costume back. Yeah. I'm glad that Wolverine doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> it. Um, but then why why in this panel when Gladiator punches Warbird, why doesn't he just say, Lalandra's alive? Well, right. Instead of fighting them. So, yeah, I, I see I see your point. It is confusing. Yeah. And it, this issue wraps up super fast. It does. And, and I, the Earth's about to be destroyed, and then, oh, everything's great. It's so it's one of those really like you almost miss the fact that the story's concluded, right? Because it's so quick, and you're like, oh, I, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. So Professor X looks pretty shocked for a vegetable. Yes. I guess that must have been his last face. <laughs> it's frozen like that. I don't think that's how that works, but. All right. So I thought the art in this book was pretty lame. Not very it's good. Pretty mediocre. And I thought the story was pretty weak. Uh, I agree. I, I thought the story started off okay. I was like, you know what? Maybe, you know, after the last couple of stories and the first part of this story, maybe, I, maybe I actually like the Star Jammers. Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. Two more issues concluding. I don't like them. Nope. nope. <laughs> yeah, and the, the the repairing the ship scene goes on forever. Yes. For no real reason. Right. Then it picks up. I like you know the murder of the chancellor. Not that I wanted the chancellor to die. Yes, you did. You but hate it was a good, uh, you know. Okay. I mean, you've gone on record being an anti-Shiite. Oh yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I don't like the Shiite. Yeah. I think it's, the whole thing is ridiculous and kind of <laughs> stupid. But I liked, I liked the the admiral flipping. I thought that was cool. Right. That he flips, he murders the chancellor. He's trying to blow the earth up. Although it's still not clear why they want to blow the earth up. No, they just do because we're the most important planet in the universe. Clearly, earth centric. Yeah. So, and it's not clear what what this would. Do they think Lalandra is on the Earth? So maybe that's why they're trying to blow the Earth up. Maybe, maybe. that's why. Maybe because so. the Admiral. But no, I mean, Deathbird had to Lalandra prisoner. Yeah. Did she? Uh, well, did she have her on Earth? Because she was in that rocket ship, so she must have had her on Earth, right? Yeah. I guess maybe so. before the X Men showed up, she was going to blow up the Earth with Lalandra on it, and the X Men ruined that. Maybe. Maybe well, that's that what's seems going. like a really inefficient way to assassinate somebody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to put you on a ship. And then put you on a planet. <laughs> then we're going to blow that whole planet up. Very elaborate theme. This whole elaborate story got really elaborate really quick. Yeah. I, I kind of like the... I don't know. It's like it, it kind of started to get good, and then it and then it got dumb again, and then it get good again, and then it get dumb again. It's really back and forth. Yeah. Right. So what do you want to grade number 157? I probably dropped this one down to a two. Okay. I probably should have left the la- put the last one at a two also. No, that's all right. We have to be a little bit different. But not this time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to also give Uncanny X-Men 157 two out of six claws. All right. So last up, we have Uncanny X-Men 158. This is The Life That I Led, written by Chris Claremont, art by Dave Cockrum and Bob Wyacek. Letters by Joe Rosen. Colors by Gwyneth Wine. Or Wayne. 
whatever. Um, the cover is by Cockrum, and this is best in a while, I think. That's a decent cover. We have Rogue punching out Wolverine. Um, Storm blasting Rogue with lightning. And then Wolverine falling through some kind of stone wall or something. Looks pretty cool. The only thing I don't like, not a huge fan of Rogue's appearance. She's yeah. still, this is still her, uh, Ra's al Ghul haircut. I was thinking. And now she know. has, like, rodeo, like, old school circus rodeo cowboy gloves on. Yeah, that's kind of weird. And then she has those weird bumps in the pants from the World War II, like, horse riding pants. Yeah, it's weird. I like the smirk on her face. So she though. looks kind of like a Nazi. Yeah, she does. I like the smirk on her face, though. I think that's yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, I do too. I think Wolverine looks cool. Okay, so. Here we go. Finishing up the Star Jammers. Yeah. Corsair studies as the uh, Star Jammers spar with Carol Danvers. She lost her powers, but is the perfect specimen of a human being thanks to the Cree genetic modification. Kenny wrestles with her feelings for a colossus. Oracle tries to help Professor X in his coma with disastrous results. Professor X is at war with himself. And spoiler, a brood. Senator Kelly bashes mutants on TV. The government has files on the X-Men, he says. And the X-Men determine they have to go erase those files. Scott and Corsair... I always call him Corsair. <laughs> Scott and Corsair pop in on Alex to give him a little visit. Does Alex know yet? No, right? Nope. This he doesn't is, know his dad's alive. Right? That's where he finds oh, out. yeah, that's... I, I knew that. Carol, Logan, and Storm go to Washington. So Wolverine goes to Washington. Um, (laughs) Does he do a filibuster? Yes, a a big X-Men. He reads... um, X-Men fan mail. Yeah, the letters pages. The letters pages. um, For a filibuster. Um, Carol conveniently, conveniently bumps into Rogue, who stole her powers. Wolverine attacks, but Rogue kisses him, and Storm breaks it up. Storm covers the exit in fog... That she takes Wolverine after Rogue and leads Carol to the espionage. We find out that Raven Darkholm, a.k.a. Mystique, works for the government. Storm wonders about the convenience of Rogue's presence at the Pentagon. It doesn't seem like the Brotherhood are attacking the Pentagon. So are they working for the government, she ponders. Rogue uses her stolen Wolverine senses to track the X-Men. Storm calls Nightcrawler, who wants Mystique. Mystique follows Carol as Nick Fury. Rogue gets overwhelmed by stealing Storm's powers because they're a little beyond her scope. Storm wraps her in a cape, and Wolverine beats on her. (laughs) Carol beats Mystique. Rogue is still kicking X's ass, but Storm sends her away in a tornado. (laughs) (laughs) and Carol erases not only the records of the X-Men but of herself so she can start over without her powers nice have I mentioned lately how much I hate Cockrum's close-ups of Kitty's face you have mentioned it once or twice (laughs) well here we go again look at that panel weird she looks like Barbara Streisand starving to death (laughs) Um, I do like that she stuck with the Robin Hood costume for a while. Yes. But then when she sees Colossus, immediately switches back to the bikini. That's right. So, um, doesn't she... Is it this one where she talks to Storm? 
That's a different one. What is she? Oh, crap, I hate. I wish they had page numbers and make this so much easier. I wonder why they quit doing the page numbers. Oh, probably someone complained. Kitty says something about growing up. Shit, this isn't going to work if I can't find it. We'll see if we find it as we go through. Where is it? I don't know she talks about being not being normal. Yeah. That's that panel you were just making fun of. And she says, suddenly I hated being 14, a kid. That scared me. But then I hugged and kissed him, taking refuge from emotions, sensations I never experienced and didn't understand. And acting like a kid. Everything was fine. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. All right. That was worth it, right? That was worth it. All right. So Wolverine's claws can cut through anything, even energy fields. <laughs> hmm. That was a little weird. That was kind of badass that Wolverine had an airport security card yeah. that says he has metal in his body. Like, yeah, you know, like if you have like funny. a hip replacement or something. Right, right. And that's his cover for his adamantium so he can fly on planes and stuff. Yeah. I, I thought that was really clever and really cool. Yeah, that is clever. A nice little detail. That yeah. Could have easily been left out, the thing. Right. So we don't get a whole lot, but we actually see a little bit in flashback of the actual fight between Rogue and Ms. Marvel, where she stole the powers, which they completely skipped over in Rogue's first appearance. They yeah. talked about it, but didn't show it. In the Avengers thing? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. But now we finally see it. I like Raven, Darkholm, a.k.a. Mystique, working for the government. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Wait a second. So Nightcrawler. And teleport where he's seen, right? Yes. And go on a limb. Say Nightcrawler's probably never been to the Pentagon. You wouldn't think so. But he teleports right in there. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Just taking the. I guess he really face. wanted to find out about Mystique that bad. I guess so. And he's like, I'll risk it. So I like how when Rogue has Wolverine's powers, she starts saying above. Yeah. That, that was really cool. That was really funny. I, mean, I have a question because I really don't remember this. Does this stick? So Rogue has to use, like, literally exhaust the power she steals before the other person can get them back. I don't ever remember that. Like, I know people, their powers get weaker in the future when Rogue borrows them. Yeah, but I, except for the, like, times when she really holds on to someone. And, right. But then it's like she absorbs the person. Right, but it's not like this, this, this reservoir of energy. Right. Like yeah, she takes it away. Like, I'm taking this water bottle away from you, and you can't drink it until I give it back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't ever remember that. Yeah. That's a weird idea that that somehow her then... So then, conceivably, she could hold on to the power. And never use it. If she never uses it. that person can never have the power. That person back. never gets it. Yeah, that's weird. That should be kind of a cool story. It would be interesting. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of panels of her not using a power. <laughs> right. I really hate this guy. His one power. It's just, it's just a whole book of her like going to the store and just doing normal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then clips of that guy in his underwear at his house going, when's my power coming back? <laughs> right. <laughs> I need my powers. All right. So when did Wolverine change? And so if she oh, goes far sorry. away, does that continue? So if she takes your powers and then like. Goes to space. Goes to space. And then she uses well, I would the, think how so. How would you get I mean, your power back? I guess it's a wireless bank account. I assume. Satellite. Yeah. Bouncing off various satellites. Know. Yeah, that's a weird... Uh, weird way of explaining it. I don't... Yeah. I don't. be interesting to see how that moves forward. 
But anyway, this is the first time Rogue is in the X-Men. Yeah. So it's our second appearance. So at some point, Wolverine changes from his uh, Canadian Secret Service blues into his Wolverine costume. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should be used to that kind of stuff by now. Yeah. You went to the phone booth. Yeah. Superman style. All right. Anything else you wanted to say about this one? Um, I don't... I don't like how old Rogue looks and the way Cochran draws her. She looks kind of older, yeah. A lot of it. And some of it is the gray hair, but like the close-ups of her face, she looks really old. Right. Way older than I think she should be. Well, she looks like Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm sorry, Raish, for all you DC lovers. <laughs> so I thought the art was pretty good overall, minus a couple of things we talked about. Yep. And I thought the story was pretty awesome. I like rogues kind of coming into the X-Universe in full. Uh, I like the idea of the X-Men trying to sneak in and, and erase their files. So they can yeah. be secretive. And it's kind of a throwback to the 60s X-Men where Professor X had that uh, Agent Duncan, who was like a mutant liaison for the government yeah. and knew all about the X-Men. So basically the X-Men in the in federalized don't exist anymore. So that's kind of cool. It should be interesting. Going yeah, forward. that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I thought the fighting was really good. We have another Nightcrawler Mystique suggestion that there's a relation there. The Nightcrawler like wants to find out about it. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, just, I just thought it was a great issue. Anything else you want to say about it? No, I, I agree. I'm, you know, to be honest with the listener, like I said at the beginning, I read this right. very, very quickly since right. I didn't, forgot to read it before. Yeah. But what I read, and I, I want to go back and reread it regular. Right. right. That's what that says about it. What I yeah. read about it, the quick skim of it, it, it's a good, it's a good story. Much better than the last. Oh yeah, five copies. By far the best issue we read this episode. Yeah, yeah. All right. So speaking of such, how would you like to grade Uncanny X Men one fifty eight? I will give it a five, a tentative five, before I go back and read it for good. A, a but, five pending. Yeah, pending five. Yeah. But but from what I could tell and what I did read. Oh, I also want to say I'm not always a big Miss Marvel fan. Yeah. But I do really, really, I do really, really like Carol Danvers as a character. Yeah, I agree. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Miss Marvel either. And it's not that I don't, I like her better because in current continuity, she now took over the Captain Marvel persona, so she got promoted and she's That's a really strong, leading female character, which I like. But I just don't, the whole like cosmic universal powers I've never been, been a big yeah, fan of. I agree. So it's really her power set I don't like more than and her I, character. I think the whole idea that the Kree look just like humans is weird. Yeah, it's kind of odd. That all the other yeah. space people are different, and then yet you have these two ones that are the yeah. same. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, I will also give Uncanny X-Men 158 five out of six claws. The art took away a little bit. Yeah. So If Cochran could just get the faces back. Can you imagine John get... Byrne drew this issue? That'd be pretty awesome. It would be awesome. The It'd awesome be sauce is awesome. what that would be. Awesome sauce. But no, he's busy doing the Fantastic Four. Oh, brother. So. Anyway, cool. Well, let's move on to our conclusion. Okay, so that's going to wrap up this... What? <laughs> what kind of episode is this? Flashback! Flashback episode. I didn't realize you were waiting on me for that. <laughs> I caught you 
Messing on your phone. Doodling on my phone. Yeah. So, so this was uh, Wolverine Year 8 Part 1. And when we find out about Wolverine, well, we find out that he's the one that introduced the idea of using games and training in the danger room. Yeah. We see he has a past with Carol Danvers, but she remembers him. Or, but he rem- oh, I didn't point this out when we were talking about it. He remembers her. So whatever their past was was after Weapon X. Interesting. Because he still has a memory. Yeah, that's right. We didn't okay. mention that. All right. His cigarette is slowly evolving to a cigar. <laughs> We're talking He's about the... Uh, we named the little apertures in the back of his hand. Yeah. Um, also, oh, I forgot to mention one of these issues. In the letters pages... <laughs> in the letters pages, they talk about the e- the Eagle Awards again. Yeah. And in the previous year, Wolverine had won for Best Character. Mm-hmm. Well, now, this year, X-Men won for Best Comic. And get this, check this out. Wolverine won a double eagle for Best Lead and Supporting Character. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that's pretty hardcore. So a good, good, good year for Wolverine. Yeah. And we talked about, is it more lighthearted, but his uh, security check identification yeah. card for his metal. Hey, I think bones. that's pretty cool. I like it. You know? yeah. As far as I recall, it doesn't really come back anytime soon or yeah. again. I think it'd be cool for them to bring that back. A little throwback. I agree. Okay. Uh, Want to plug your stuff? You know, History Major Podcast. <laughs> you know. <laughs> for those of you who have never listened to this yeah. before. History Major Podcast. Which... Jason this, right, so this will now. go up Monday. We all have a new episode by then? Or will I still be the most recent? Uh, you will still be the most recent. Right, yeah, so if you go... And you should listen to all the episodes... If you go to the most recent episode, I'm on there talking about uh, the Manifest Destiny comic book. Yeah, with Lewis and Clark yeah. and whatnot. And that's uh, HistoryBanter.com, right? HistoryBanter.com. version. At HistoryBanter on Twitter. Yeah. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And I'm trying to figure out Spotify. Really? Yeah. You're trying to make me do all this stuff. <laughs> I think I might give up. I I, I, I think it's keep not. Keep up with the history banner. I thought it was like Stitcher, but I think it's more just where you just post. I haven't stuff. done that either. I'm still trying to decide how to do SoundCloud. Oh, I don't do SoundCloud. So I don't yeah. know what that is. So. Oh. I mean, I haven't figured out how to do that either. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, and we did. We recorded an X one X Men one today yeah. too, which will be probably be a little while before I get that up. But right. I don't know. I might I might put that to the queue since the movie's coming out, but we'll see. Right. Anyway, it's a great podcast. It's highly entertaining. It's not just for history nerds either. There's a lot of good stuff in there. That's right. So, no. Do what we can. You should be. There's nothing wrong with being a history nerd. There's not. Yeah. I'm a history nerd. Nothing. There's anything wrong with that. There's anything wrong with it. Well, anyway, uh, please leave an iTunes review. Please like our Facebook page. You can find show notes and stuff. For example, Denise's Marathon fundraiser, if you want to contribute, is on there in the show notes. Uh, that's snickcast.podbean.com. You can follow us on Twitter at snickcast, or you can email how much you love Cameron to snickcast at yahoo.com. Or just tell me on Twitter. I need to know more if, if anyone cares about my existence at all. Wow. He needs validation. I need some validation. Yeah. So give it to him. That's right. All right. Well, until next time. Oh, uh, so up next, we'll, in the next flashback episode, I'm going to do a. An excursion, Wolverine, Year Eight, Part One and Point Five. <laughs> You'll be kind of the guest appearances of Wolverine. Be uh, there'll be fun stuff like Micronauts, and, uh, <laughs> Marvel fanfare, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and um, other great stuff. <laughs> 
those amazing titles from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ray was getting around a little bit this year, so but he, hey, he did just win a double eagle. That's true. So, you got to make the rounds. Yeah, and then our next regular episode will be the rest of May. May part two. Yeah, May part two. So lots of continuations coming up. Yeah, but, just hold on. Yep, hold on to yourself. So anyway, until next time, hugs and snakes. Bye. Bye. You let go of yourself.